Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here at Mariner's Church, and I am so thankful and so glad that you took time to join us today. We are in a series that we are calling Summer of Love, and we are going to be talking about, well, how to love and how God really wants us to love each other. Um, that's going to be kind of the, the theme for the next few weeks, and so if you want to learn how to be a better lover, then, then join us. But first, we're going to take time to actually show our love back to God. When you show your love back to God, it's, it's a simple word called worship. Worship is expressing your heart, your love, your thankfulness to who God is and what he's done for you. Psalm 73, 28 says this, But as for me, the nearness of God, it's my good. And so actually, as you take time to express your heart, and your love to God, um, it's for your own good too. So let's turn our attention to the worship team and let us take time to worship him. Hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's such an honor to be able to spend time in prayer and in worship, Lord, as we have come, Father, Lord, to be blessed by you, God also just to sing songs of praise, Lord, to exalt you in this moment, that those things that are heavy right now on our hearts, Lord, that you would take care of them, right? That you would just bring that sense of peace that transcends all understanding. Just take over, Holy Spirit, in this moment. And it's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Okay, we're good to go? Hey, love is a high value to God, high value to Jesus. Jesus said this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then Jesus said this, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I mean, just look at that for a second. Jesus said, one proof of your following after him is what? It's your love. It's your love actually for other people, meaning you prove your commitment to Christ by your love for other people around you. In fact, it goes so far as to say, Jesus is saying, I will give people a right to judge how much of a follower of me you are based on how much you love each other. And this should kind of freak us out, but it should also encourage us to learn and to grow in how we love each other even more. And I, I want to talk a little bit about the love that Jesus calls us to have for each other. Now, we saw last week, and, and, and if you're able to join us last week, we saw that love is not really just simply, you know, good vibrations that we're feeling, or it's not a tingly emotion when we see the homecoming queen walk down the high school hallway. It's more than that. We've talked about love actually being more than just simply a noun. It's not just simply a thing that's there. It's actually a thing, but it's a lot more than that. Love is a verb. It's action. It, it actually does. The Bible tells us this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Love isn't proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. 
It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. It rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And then it says love never fails. I mean, there are, and you look at it, some pretty massive, strong words in there, like saying love never, love never does this, never, ever does this. Or it'll say that love always, always, always does this. But you also see that there's a lot of verbs in there, too. I mean, what it's saying and telling us is that love, just love does. It just does. It takes action. And I want to share just a few things that love actually will do when we have it in our lives, it will do through us to others. And this is the way we are to approach loving other people the way that God would want us to love. First of all, here's what love does. Love owes. Love owes. And now you all know what owe means. You know, you all know what it means to owe somebody something. It means there's a debt involved. And whenever there's a debt involved, you have to keep paying because they keep sending you bills. I buy a car, for instance. Do I own the car? No, Honda Financing actually owns the car. And what I have, I have to pay to them. In a sense, I owe. I just simply owe. Here's what the Bible says. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Now, this isn't so much a verse about finances and that you can't go into debt. It's more of a verse about the attitude we have when we approach other people regarding love. Look at that. It says no debt but love. You owe it to them. You owe them until, until that thing is paid off, just like any other debt. You owe. In fact, it'll say this is your continuing debt, meaning I always have a debt. To love you. God says for other people, people in your lives, in, 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 your, in your family, around you, we're to have a continuing debt to love them. Now think about that when you go to Safeway, and I think, no, I don't want to. I don't want to think about a debt to love other people when I go to Safeway. I want to be grumpy and entitled and wish the people in line would hurry up, or they would move their cart so I could get through. I don't want to particularly have that debt of love towards people there. But when you go in, what God is telling you to do is that I need to have the thought that I owe everyone in here, everybody in here, a debt of love. Go home knowing, like, I owe everyone. I owe everyone in my household a debt of love. And I can't stop because it's a continuing debt. If I have a debt, I want to pay it. My life is committed to paying it off, and that's the way we need to see it. I have a debt to love you, a continuing debt. And, and as I was looking at this, you know, thinking this thing through, I thought, I really want to look for an exception here, you know? I really want to have an exception so I don't have to pay off that debt of love to somebody. You know, the people that are not being particularly understanding to me, you know, I, I want to kind of say I, I, I owe them nothing. Or people who are annoying, or people that are hyper-mask wearers, or people that are hyper-anti-mask wearers. And in every single case, no exception. My attitude towards them, our attitude towards them, has to be love. I have 
a debt of love to you. No exceptions. You could kind of say, you know, I owe, I owe, so off to love I go all the time. First of all, love owes. Have that as your attitude. Second, love covers. Peter said this, follower of Jesus, he said this, above all, love each other deeply because love, and here's the word, love covers over a multitude of sins. And when he says above all, you know he's talking about this is really important. And when he says love each other deeply, the deeply part means it goes on and on and on and never stops. But then he says this, love covers. The word covers here is it kind of covers up or veils or, or puts a blanket over. And it doesn't mean it, you know, it lets them, it lets, you know, you hide over their, their problems or their sins. What it means is the love we have for each other should overlook the small little faults and sins that just creep up, that just come up. And if you're in any kind of relationship, you know the problems creep up. You know that there are all of a sudden issues and things that you could hold against them or they've done something that bugs you or messes with you a little bit. And when that happens, man, it, it, it affects, it affects, it affects you. When I do it, it affects you. And when you do it, it affects me. And now all of a sudden, those things can begin to start adding up and adding up and adding up. And what am I going to do with it? What am I, what am I going to do with that? Um, when I was in college, I, I actually worked for a painting contractor. And, and you who are in the trades, you, you, know, you know this. Whatever specialty you have, if you walk into a building, you'll actually start looking at that particular thing that you do. If you're a drywall person, you'll look at the drywall. If you're a painter, you'll look at see how well they, they, they've cut in in the building. If you're wallpaper, you'll, you'll, you'll look at the corners and see how they did that. And, and I was actually sitting in this church one time, and I noticed that they put the lighting at the very bottom of the wall, shining straight up. And, and if you know that, if you've ever seen that, you'll know that the wall, it will reflect or it'll show every single little flaw that's possible in that wall. It highlights all the flaws in the wall. We can actually, in our lives, choose to highlight the flaws, or you cover them up. You can, and this is what Peter's talking about. James would say this, we all stumble in many ways, and we do. I do, you do, we all do. Well, what are you going to do with that? And what are you going to do with that bright spotlight you have when I've goofed up? Are you going to highlight those flaws? Peter says love doesn't do that. It says love will cover. It means it won't point out. Love doesn't spotlight. Love doesn't, doesn't rub it in. We, we read earlier the passage in 1 Corinthians 13. It says love keeps no record of wrongs. It just doesn't hold on to it. It, it covers those over. It always protects and it always trusts. Meaning I'm not going to dig this stuff up. I'm just going to try and move it to the side in our relationship. Another translation will say, love believes all things, and meaning that I will attach always the best motives to you. Um, you can tell behind me, we, we've, had, we've had day camp here. And day camp has been really cool. We've had a bunch of little kids that have been coming in and, and, and all that. And, and I was looking out my window, I was watching them, 
in their rec time outside, and, and the, they were doing a game outside. And I, and I watched this, this little, little, little guy, you know, and he walked over, and, and instead of running around, he was, he was so, so, he just picked up leaves. And I thought, oh, how cute. You know, he's picking up this leaf here, and he goes over and he picks up this leaf there, and he picks up this leaf there. I thought, isn't that sweet? And he walked over to his counselor, you know, his, his, his counselor there, and I thought, isn't that sweet? He's going he's gonna to show his leaves to the counselor, and he tugged on the counselor's sweatshirt, and the counselor turned around, and he threw them in the, in the counselor's face. <laughs> Love has to cover. It has to cover those little things. Love owes, love covers, love acts. John said this, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and in truth. Well, what kind of action? Well, just a little bit earlier, John had wrote this. He says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And we think, well, yeah, I, I, w- I would do that. You know, we all think, I'd, I'd do that. But, but usually we think about doing that in theory, not always in reality. John then says this, next verse, he says, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? And now it gets really, really personal because it involves actually doing something and giving up stuff, giving up our things for each other, and it involves giving up our time for each other. Love does. That's what love is. It does. Do something today. And then, and then just finally, love lasts. It, it just lasts. God tells us in Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. How, how long is everlasting? It's everlasting. It means forever. Josh McDowell, a number of years ago, um, talked about three kinds of love that, that, that we can have or we can even kind of have in our, in our brains. And there's one kind of love that says, I love you if, I love you if. I love you if, I love you if you treat me well. I love you if you let me do this. I'll love you if you change. And that's conditional. Or I love you because I love you because you're pretty. I love you because you're funny. I love you because you're popular. I love you because you make me feel good. But what happens when those things go away? And then number three is I love you, period. I just love you. Unconditional, there's no condition on it. This love is not based on how attractive a person is or how wonderful they are to you. This is God's love. The Bible says God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. And sin is the thing that God opposes the most, and we do it, and he did something for us. He sent Jesus. And so all of a sudden, love becomes an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. And that means I love you, and I will not cease to love you, though things get hard, or things get rough, or things get bad or things get worse. I shared this before, Dr. Richard Seltzer, um, surgeon, he told a true story that shows us how love is unconditional. 
And again, he had to, as a surgeon, operate on a young woman who, she had just been married. They, they, were, they were newlyweds, and a tumor had grown inside her cheek, in her cheek. And he performed the surgery to remove it. And in the surgery, uh, a nerve had to be cut. And as a result of the cut nerve, her face twisted around, her mouth twisted around in an odd shape. And he writes this. He says, I stand by the bed where the young woman lies, her face post-operative, her mouth twisted in palsy, clownish. A tiny twig of a facial nerve, the one that controls the muscles of her mouth, had been severed. To remove the tumor in her cheek, I had to cut the little nerve. Her young husband is in the room, he stands on the opposite side of the bed, and together they seem to dwell in the evening lamplight, isolated from me, private. Looking in the hand mirror, the young woman speaks. Will my mouth always be like this? Yes, I say, it will, because the nerve was cut. She nods and is silent. But the young husband smiles. I like it, he says. Kind of cute. Unmindful, unmindful of my presence, he bends to kiss her crooked mouth. And I, so close, close, can see how he twists his mouth to accommodate hers, to show her that their kiss still works. That's I love you, period. I, I love you. This love thing is really powerful, and right now I have been praying that the Holy Spirit would touch you in a way that you would reach out to someone you would have difficulty loving and that you would love them. Don't say, well, I have so much problems loving them. Just love them. Don't say, I would love them if. That's conditional. Don't say, I love them only because, because that's not lasting. Say, I just love them. And there's power in that, and there's power to change their life. And let someone find grace and acceptance in you. Love owes. It just owes. Love covers, love acts, and love lasts. Would you pray with me, please?